Welcome to the Sporting Ones podcast, episode 11 with Rowan Hados. Welcome back, Hados. Week off. Yes, well, kind te- of. technically you could say, I guess, but uh, it was a good week. West Coast are only one win away from a grand final berth, so up and about. Yeah, no, it was a it was a very stirring, gutsy win in the end. Uh, Collingwood were very, very good in the West, I thought. So we'll get into the review of the finals, and uh, we'll start from the start. So Richmond and Hawthorne, what did you make of that um, game there? I think it was uh, Richmond taking their game to another level when the Hawks just couldn't match them, as we sort of thought could happen. Um, Hawks didn't really get a lot of space. They only took about 57 marks, which is well down on their uh, average when they win. Um, and I think that really tells a tale of uh, Richmond's pressure. Yeah, Richmond's pressure was really up. You could see that the the resting of their players over the last few weeks had really, uh, really helped them out and uh, freshened them up. I probably uh, overrated the Hawks in a sense um, with their last six wins and uh, probably underrated the Tigers, uh, which really, really was a silly idea given uh, given the form they've been in. And uh, they've uh, been, uh, well, they've been the best side all year and they definitely showed it. They've had a point to prove and they proved it. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely theirs to lose at this stage. And um, yeah, there's still challenges to them, but uh, they're going to be red-hot favourites. Yeah, look, the, the positive thing for the Tigers, and, and when you look at other sides around in the finals left, is that the Tigers really, and this is the key, don't have any major injuries to any of their star players. And if you can keep your best players fresh at this part of the year, that is half the battle. Yeah, absolutely. That continuity of playing together, it, it really just means so much. And uh, also another factor is how close all the players are together. And they're, they're really out there playing for each other as well as their coach. And yeah, it, it could, could be back to back. It's a selfless style of football. And uh, yeah, as I got reminded by my beautiful wife, uh, she did say at the start of the season, Richmond would go back to back. Uh, I kind of said, mm, yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, now I've had to uh, bite the bullet and put that bet on at significantly lesser odds than what I would have got at the start of the season. So we'll move on to Melbourne versus uh, Geelong. And uh, it was a game that I uh, was strong with the Demons on, and um, they definitely didn't prove me wrong. Yeah, uh, it was almost a non-contest. I was really disappointed with Geelong. I gave them a red, red-hot chance here, and... If it wasn't for Melbourne's wayward kicking early, it could have been a lot more than just 29 points. But uh, the Demons, they thoroughly outplayed Geelong in every quarter in just about every aspect. And uh, they're red hot as well at the moment. And frustrating for Geelong, it was eerily similar to the way they played against uh, Richmond the year before, even though that was a qualifying final. And then uh, against Fremantle a few years ago, just they seem to have an issue at the moment with scoring in first quarters in finals. I'm not. I, I did uh, like Geelong's list. I'm. I'm pretty sure I've overrated it now, which is uh, which is a pity because I thought it was good enough list to win a flag. Clearly, it's not, and the window, yeah, it might be shutting on them. Yeah, and what was surprising was Dangerfield didn't really stamp his authority on the game at any point from uh, from my view. Ablett was pretty well held and he didn't really have a lot of uh, fight and flash to his game like he normally would. And yeah, it was just uh, left to two little players and they just didn't have enough in the tank. I guess, and when you look at Richmond's bottom six... Like they say in anything, it's the bottom six players that will win your premiership. And you look at the bottom six of Geelong, 
and it doesn't read Premiership over it. Your Thurlows, your Murdochs, they're in and out. They're on the fringe. They're not quite there yet. They might not ever get there yet. So you look at that compared to, say, Richmond, and you go, well, yeah, you can see why now. Um, GWS versus Sydney. In fact, it was Sydney versus GWS. The Battle of the Bridge, Mark Two. Yeah, another one that was a pretty one-sided affair. Uh, Sydney started pretty well, and there was a little bit of hope for them early, but uh, once the GWS motor kicked in, it was bye-bye swans, and yeah, it was pretty comprehensive in the end, and GWS versus Melbourne, that's going to be a pretty tantalising game this week. Yeah, GWS uh, pretty much... Once after quarter time, once they clicked in the gear, even though they'd lost Josh Kelly for the game, they just seemed to know how to play. As we expected, Davis nullified Franklin. Sydney didn't have another outlet, and that was their problem. This is where they probably could have really used a Sam Reed, who's been missing all year. Tommy McCartan, as good as he's been in his first season, just wasn't up to it, and he was well held. Bit of inexperience, rabbits in the headlights type of stuff. Papleys and Ronks got held, so there was no real scoring outlets, and the Giants just uh, completely overran them. Yeah, and as you said, we we flagged the Davis versus Franklin matchup. This time, there was no injury to Davis, so it was all his way. He was pretty remarkable too. He took a lot of good contested marks. Just read the ball better. It looked like he uh, he was the one leading to the ball at times, and as you said. They didn't have another scoring option, the Swans, and, yeah, that was pretty much uh, game over. Yeah, he just knows how to play, Franklin. If It's a bit like uh, Kerry had his kryptonite in the 90s, and that was Glenn Djakovic, as you'd be well aware of, and uh, pretty much for, uh, da- Phil Davis is Franklin's kryptonite. He looked lost. He was begging for free kicks all night. It was sad to see the way he was playing, to be honest. And that took us into then probably the best final of the weekend, and that was uh, West Coast versus Collingwood over at an absolutely packed-out Optus Stadium that was swinging from the rafters, by all accounts. Yeah, and to be honest, I reckon that made all the difference. It was a pretty patchy performance from West Coast. They played well at times, and other times just didn't capitalise on their options, or on their uh, opportunities, rather. Uh, but you got to hand it to Collingwood. They were brave. They've got an immense midfield, which just keeps them in any contest. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, West Coast got the job done, and now they wait for another week and play against Melbourne or Hawthorne. I'll tell you what, West Coast need to keep whatever they are doing to keep Jack, uh, Jack Darling and Josh Kennedy fit because the record is 11 games and zip win-loss ratio, win record to West Coast when they are playing this season. Yeah, and I forgot to mention how much of a difference those key forwards made made in that last quarter. I mean, they stood up and they kicked the goals when we really needed them. And at the end of the day, that was exactly the difference. And this is where Collingwood really missed that Lyndon Dunn style of lockdown defender, that real dour, not let him out of your sight defender. And he was in career best form up until his ACL. So Collingwood will be ruining that fact that they didn't have that type of defender there. have to say, credit to Travis Farco. That gave me a tear in in the eye when he was um, going through the anthem and Jack Crisp beside him. But to play the way he did 
with uh, with that goal on the boundary from uh, 50 for Collingwood's first, and then the run-down tackle of one of the quickest players in the comp in Luke Chewy, who is not one of my favourites, let's be honest. So I was pretty thrilled to see that. But just his game in general, that's probably one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Yeah, I was applauding those moments as well. It was a pretty special moment for him uh, for probably you know the wrong reasons or sad reasons. But um, yeah, he played well and... He's got that inspiration now to, to dig deep when uh, when the game's on the line, and credit to him. Yeah, absolutely gutsy performance. So that's our review of the finals. We'll have a quick look at the uh, trade recap, and then we'll go into our preview of uh, the finals games for this week. All right, we're back with a uh, new segment. It's a quick trade recap. We're calling Rate It or Hate It uh, for some of the rumours that are flying about. And the first one off the rank is Hanabry to St Kilda. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, I rate it. I think I think uh, Hanabry needs a move. You could clearly tell by his body language he was getting extremely frustrated with Sydney. Um, he wants to go back. I think... Uh, I think that's a move that I uh, definitely rate for both parties. Whether a five-year deal is too much, that's to be debated, but that's the open market. Second one for you, Gary Rowan to Geelong and North Melbourne. Rate it or hate it? Um, I hate it, actually. Uh, I think uh, he doesn't really um, offer the sort of consistently consistency throughout games to have... Uh, a meaningful impact like he's a very bit part player um he has a lot of talent and um yeah at this stage i wouldn't be making a move for him he, he just needs to show more for four quarters he, he's about a one quarter a game for me but can he add the speed that geelong need though well he can but like i said only for one quarter maybe all right now this is an interesting one jake lloyd coming off probably a career best year over to the gold coast yeah, I'm about 50-50. I'm rating it and I'm hating it. A bit bit on the fence. Rating it if you're Gold Coast because you can pay him the money for a top-class defender. Kind of reminds me of the Nick Malcheski, um trade a few years ago. But you're hating it if you're Sydney. Jake Lloyd's one of your top performers. You've got to pay him the cash. And this is the part where the buddy trade starts to hurt them because they lose their top quality players that they don't want to lose. Case and example is Tom Mitchell. There was only $100,000 difference, but he ended up at the Hawks. Same situation could be happening to Jake Lloyd. Rate it for Gold Coast, hate it for Sydney. So the next one, oh, this is contentious because my Geelong mates will absolutely hate me for raising this one, but uh, Tim Kelly to Fremantle or West Coast, rate it or hate it? Well, being an Eagles supporter, of course I'm going to say rate it. Love it, in fact. If we can get him over the line, that'd be great. Maybe that would be at the expense of Gaff, potentially, um, considering the salary cap squeeze that's no, no doubt looming. Um, and then on the flip side, if you're Geelong, you're absolutely hating it. He's been an absolute revelation this year. Probably going to finish in the top five for the BNF, um, which has been fantastic. And, yeah, you'd hate to see him go. All right, so that brings us to... Menzel to St Kilda. How do you feel about that? Rate it. Menzel's, uh, look, as good as Geelong have been to him, and they've both had, uh, they've both been good to each other given the uh, four knee reconstructions he's had. 
It looks like he's gotten a bit stale there. Um, Geelong only want to offer a one-year deal, and I can understand exactly why. St Kilda are offering him the two. St Kilda need to improve their list. We all know that. So I'm rating it for the fact that Geelong need to change things up. Can they get a few draft picks in by doing this? Certainly. So I'm rating on it on all accounts. So then it brings us another Geelong player. So this is where the fallout begins. Lincoln McCarthy to the Brisbane Lions, which is a ploy by the Lions, I feel to couple with Lockie Neal because they used to play footy together. Yeah, interesting. Um, that one's probably hard to sort of... Uh make a final judgment on for me uh brisbane already have a, a bunch of uh mosquito fleet up there he would add to it the quality whether or not he'd command a starting spot i'm not sure um so if you're brisbane you don't want to be giving up too much but uh like you said if that couples in bringing over Lockie neil across then you'd be rating it so it depends on a few things for me all right, uh, Stephen May to Collingwood. This is a big one. Yeah, I'm rating that for Collingwood because, given the fact that we've talked about, I've talked about Lyndon Dunn with his ACL. They get in a top quality f- defender. Stephen May hasn't exactly been for, uh, forthcoming with his. I'm definitely staying at Gold Coast type of motto. More the uh, we'll see what happens, which to me, in his, to me in my mind, that just means well. I'm off, and uh, I'm rating it if I'm Collingwood, hating it if I'm Gold Coast. But in in a sense, Gold Coast probably need to, as much as I hate to say it, given they're only a new club relatively established over the last 10 years, they need to regenerate again and rebuild again. So I'd rather have a player that's coming in that's going to be committed to the cause than one that's umming and ahhing every five seconds as to whether I'm staying or going. So I'm uh, rating that on both accounts. Yeah, that's fair enough, I think. So the next one is um, a bit, a bit interesting, especially uh, during a final series, but his name has been bandied around at four different clubs. Dylan Shield to either Essendon, Carlton, St Kilda or Hawthorne, but the big news has been that St Kilda and Carlton have offered both over $1 million per season for him. Yeah, uh, this is a rate at highly for any of those clubs that could lure him in, and I guess if there's four different clubs that have been linked to the man, it probably means that his manager's entertaining talks, and that's probably you know where there's where there's smoke, there's fire comes into it. Um, you would hate to leave, uh, lose him from GWS point of view, but he would add a hell of a lot of class to either of those uh, midfields. Uh, particularly Carlton and St Kilda, probably why they're throwing the million-dollar sort of mark at him. Um, so, yeah, I guess Dylan Shu will probably just be thinking about success. Um, he's definitely in his prime, so, yeah, maybe an Essendon would be better suited to him. And, uh, yeah, that brings us to uh, Wingard over to St Kilda or Hawthorne. Yeah, interesting. I... Um... I haven't exactly been uh, Chad Wingard's biggest fan over the last couple of years. So if Port can get a first-round draft pick in return, then I'd be prepared to rate it. If it's anything less than that, then I'd hate it. Um, St Kilda, obviously, are in the market for plenty of players. Uh, as we talked about, their list regeneration before. And uh, Hawthorne just love adding 
quality quality players into the mix like they've done with Mitchell and O'Meara and uh, the likes of Burgoyne in the past, Gibson, Hale, etc. have all come from different clubs. So there's no doubt if I was Wingard, I'd be choosing Hawthorne on the chances of playing in another premiership. If I was going for the money, well, St Kilda seemed to be throwing it around willy-nilly. Yeah, I think uh, that's a potential one to be uh, a win-win for two teams, if they certainly if they can get a decent pick out of it. All right, so that brings us to uh, Darcy Moore, to Hawthorne, Sydney, or the Gold Coast. Rate it or hate it? Yeah, this is a weird one. Uh, Darcy Moore is a bit of an individual, so maybe he's thinking to himself that he wants to separate himself from the father-son comparisons that he might be drawing, or... Whatever the case is, um, yeah, I think uh, Collingwood would hate to lose him. He's shown a fair bit at centre-half back this year, definitely enough to persevere with. So Collingwood wouldn't want to uh, lose him, that's for sure, especially with their injury crisis, as you mentioned before. Um, But he's a quality player, and those teams would be lapping it up if they could get him. Um, Probably not going to command a lot of money just yet, but, uh, yeah, wait and see on that one. All right, and... What about, is that Jack Stephen to Geelong? Yeah, interesting, that one. I don't know whether I'm rating it or hating it. Um, it's one that's come up. Geelong sort of are chasing him. I don't know whether that's a ploy because they know Ablett's only got a year left. If he doesn't pull the plug at the end of this season, I don't see him doing that. But I guess he's um, classed as an inside-outside. Could also be cover for... Kelly as well, leaving perhaps. Does he add enough to the mix? Is he classed as an A grader? Probably just below, and that's only due to his inconsistency. If he was consistent uh, throughout the season, like he goes through his purple patches for sure, and we're talking about in games and during the season, he's a very, very, very good player when he's at his best. But the consistency is the issue, and that's not what Geelong needs. So I'm hating it, I think, which will take us to a rumour that comes up every year and just doesn't seem to go away, which says to me eventually, eventually it will happen. It may not be this year, it may not be the next, but it will certainly be one of these years. And that's Jesse Hogan to Fremantle or West Coast. Rate it or hate it? Uh, Rate it highly if he were to land at West Coast. Uh, Probably doesn't make as much sense, as much as I hate to say it, him going to West Coast over Fremantle, they're crying out for a forward just like him. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for them to throw money at him. He's a WA boy. Obviously, we know he's had um, a lot of family uh, dramas in the last year and a bit. Um, and Melbourne, I'm assuming most would hate it, but uh, after the way that Wiedemann played uh, Friday night, you know, if they can get a really good compensation out of it, Maybe they wouldn't be hating it as much. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't be ruling out West Coast too much because Kennedy isn't exactly uh, uh, young that young anymore and he's over 30 and has had his injury problems. So it could be almost a direct replacement in a sense. If it if it doesn't happen, say, this season and it happens, say, next season or the season after, that's almost the perfect timing to be a direct replacement for Kennedy. Yeah, potentially. That would be uh, an ideal scenario for West Coast lovers out there. Um, and another one we've got, Steph Martin to Geelong. They're crying out for a Ruckman. Is he the answer? Yeah, I, I mean, I rate it from a Geelong perspective. Hate it if you're Brisbane because uh, he's been a serviceable 
um, player for them, especially since uh, being discarded by Melbourne. And, um, well, you'd say at the time Melbourne um, Melbourne would have uh, regretted it, but not the way Max Gorn has, uh, has come on the last few years. So worked out well for both parties. Um, rate it for Geelong. They need the Ruckman. That, that's a certainty. Um, it's their one deficient area they've been in since probably when they had Shane Mumford. Uh, back in 2011, so they've never replaced uh, replaced him. And the only thing is, my point of view, why would you leave a club that's on the rise to a club that may or may not still be around the mark? I guess the thing is, Steph Martin is Victorian, so there's always going to be those rumours. But I would um, I would be saying rate it for Geelong, hate it for Brisbane. Yeah. And that brings us to, oh, yeah, all right, um... This one, I think, might be interesting. Andrew Gaff. Now, we know he's been linked to North Melbourne, but it's come out today with all the rumours of uh, Sydney players moving that now Gaff is linked to the Sydney Swans. Rate it or hate it? Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Don't think I've hated anything more in my entire life. I don't want to lose Gaff, but if you're Sydney, you're loving that, obviously. Um, It would be some decent conversation headed our way. And to be fair, you've got to hand it to Dom Sheed, who's really uh, taken his game up a notch. You know, maybe they might be thinking, well, Sheed can maybe cover uh, the loss of Gaff um, as much as all West Coast fans would hate to see him go. Uh, and if you're Sydney, he's a quality player and adds to the outside as well as the inside, but particularly outside, and uh, that would really strengthen their midfield for a few more years. All right, and the last one we have is another Ruckman flying off over to the west, either Frio or West Coast. This involves Rory Lobb. Yeah, interesting one. I think this is a salary cap type of issue more than anything else. I don't know necessarily that Rory Lobb wants to uh, wants to leave, but he may be pushed out the door, and that may be to try and keep Dylan Shield at GWS rather than in a trade. Um which, given the fact of the season he's had and given the way he's played and given their lack of Ruckman, would be uh, would be a huge mistake, in my opinion. Um, but if you're Frio or West Coast, you're loving that because Frio, they've had a couple of young Ruckman come in. They've been okay. They haven't been ideal. Also, he provides a foil up forward, which Fremantle have obviously lost. If you're West Coast, you're bringing a quality player to... Um, perhaps take over from Lysak, compliment Natanui down the track, and can also, again, play as a third tall alongside Kennedy and Darling. So either way, great. Rate it for the Western Australian clubs, hate it for the GWS. If they were to push him out, that would be a foolish, foolish move. So that brings us to the end of the trade recap. In the last half an hour to an hour, it has come out. Um, the news about star Port Adelaide midfielder Jared Polak, not really a surprise. Port and uh, Jared have reached an impasse and he's requested a trade back to Victoria. Well, not back to Victoria, South Australia. He's requested a move to Victoria, I should say, and to North Melbourne in particular, which is what we flagged uh, a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, he must be trying to play in each and every state. But, um, yeah, obviously that offer was too good to refuse. We do think, though, that he was he was keen to stay, obviously being a SA boy, and uh, he was certainly open to um, a contract at Port if they were going to meet them at the years 
or bump up that cash a bit more, but Port just weren't willing to do it. Yeah, which is a bit. Um, I'm a bit uh, disappointed in that. I thought he had a had a brilliant season. He is and a, a former number five draft pick. Um, he has got quality. He, um, I don't think he replaced the replaced the meters gained that he uh, that he provided this season. He was a uh, he was one of the uh, bright notes on an otherwise disappointing season. So uh, I'm uh, yeah not happy to be losing him, but I figured that uh, that uh, he would leave. So we'll go to the uh, finals preview. All right, the first. First game for the second round of finals is a Friday night clash between Hawthorne and Melbourne. Uh, the team news is Melbourne unchanged. Hawthorne, they lose a bit of quality. They lose Stratton and Jaeger O'Meara is uh, both through injury. Segler is omitted, probably a bit of team balance there. Um, how you look, how you seeing this one, Paul? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, is a huge shock, but again... Despite the year he's had, that knee just flares up again, and it flares up at the just most unopportune times, inopportune times, I should say, uh, at the most inopportune times, and um, they'll lose his drive and his run out of the midfield because he's been back to his best. Stratton, for me, and I've always said this, is their most important player. He plays such a differing role. He can play tall, he can play small, he can play rebound, he can play sweeper, he can play third man up. He's always been their most critical element to their defence, and it's a defence that has been vulnerable all season. Without him, I see them struggling, and I see Melbourne winning this by five to six goals, in all honesty. Yeah, I definitely think those outs really uh, sway into Melbourne's favour. as uh, probably no more important as Stratton, as you said, but Yago y- Mira, he is a huge out. He uh, He's a bit of a key component to their midfield at the moment. Um and if they were to have any chance, Hawthorne, they really needed to go toe-to-toe with the Melbourne midfield, who are just absolutely firing on all cylinders at the moment. Um, so for me, yeah, I think it's a Melbourne win probably by about five goals, and they're going to be deserved winners and favourites. Which is a disappointing end to what was looming as what could have been a great a, a great season for Hawthorne. But it reminds me uh, of 2015, uh, sorry, 2000, uh, 2016, where they made top four and then were out in straight sets. Uh, it's exactly the... It pretty much mirrors um, 2016 for the Hawks because I think that's exactly what's going to happen. They are $3.05, so that shows it, they are uh, rank outsiders now. Um, and the line has moved back to six uh, to 16 and a half. Um, I just don't see where they win it. Melbourne are in too good a form. They're unchanged, they're fit, they're firing. They've got a point to prove, and they're proving it. Yep, and there's probably going to be another 90,000-plus strong crowd to see it. Yeah, and, the, uh, the, snow, gonna... the snow fields are looking quite empty. I saw them the other day. They were uh, There was not a Melbourne supporter in sight. So we'll move to uh, Collingwood and GWS. This will be on the Saturday night at the MCG. Um, another big clash. Can Collingwood back up? from their disappointment in the West. That is going to be the key. Yeah, this is going to be the the game of the round for mine. Obviously, it's uh, going to be a lot closer than the other one. Um, GWS, they lose Josh Kelly, which is just a huge blow to them. But as you said, they did it without him after quarter time and uh, they put pay to Sydney. So 
that midfield. Still got a lot of quality in there. Ryan Griffin comes in. He probably adds, you know, a little burst here and there. Um, Collingwood, as we said before, they were pretty uh, heroic over in the West. They just faltered in the, the final quarter. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to be a battle between the midfields again and who can have as uh, the most run. Uh, how do you say it? Yeah, I, I see it for mine. GWS are very similar to West Coast in a way, although West Coast have changed that stigma this season. They they would prefer to play this anywhere else but the MCG. They could play it at Etihad. They could play it at the Gabba. They could play it even at Metricon. They just do not want to play it at the MCG. I don't know what it is, whether it's the fear factor, whether it's stage fright, whether it's mental, whether it's physical. I don't know, but... GWS losing Kelly takes away their Rolls Royce, the absolute creme de la creme. They have been really, really good. They were really good in destroy in dismantling Sydney, but I just think Collingwood have too much on the line. They're playing for each other, and to be honest, they would love a third crack at Richmond. I really do think they're thrive. That's what they want to do, because if anyone can beat Richmond in the finals, I think Collingwood's the one side that can do it. Again, Collingwood a favourite at dollar sixty. GWS are outsider at two forty. The Lions at nine and a half. I'm liking Collingwood. I just think they've got too much, um, too much pride, and also the inspiration of Varco. I don't think it'll happen again. I think they're uh, they're going through. Yeah, I think uh, both the favourites for me. Interestingly, when the games were over, I was leaning towards both outsiders, but uh, with the Team news coupled with the fact that the MCG Hudo really haunts GWS. I think that the favourites are both going to win, and uh, yeah, it's going to be another interesting round. But um, yeah, we'll see at the end of the day. Yeah, I was a bit the opposite last week. As soon as Stratton went down, uh, my thoughts turned to next week, and the way Melbourne played. As soon as in the dominance that of how they dominated Geelong, I just couldn't see Hawthorne winning, even if they had O'Meara. Uh, so my theory was always going to be Melbourne. I've always liked Collingwood, um, the way they've played, so I always felt Collingwood were a great chance. Sydney might have had more of a chance at the MCG against them than what GWS did, but GWS, as we said, played too good. So we're both going with a uh, West Coast Melbourne prelim and a Richmond Collingwood prelim, which I think the AFL would absolutely love in terms of attendance and in terms of uh, TV ratings as well. Yeah, four big clubs and um, the games, not only that, they'll be close, I think, if they do eventuate that way. But uh, it doesn't always go to plan. No, it doesn't. So we'll sign off for episode 11. So good luck to your uh, teams this weekend if they're still involved in the finals. Um, Good luck with your uh, punting. There is some value there in the bets. And uh, we'll come back. I'll come back with the uh, episode 12 for the Premier League and a little bit of a cricket cricket wrap on the uh, upcoming tour of uh, the UAE against uh, Pakistan. And uh, next week, Haydos and I will be... uh, heading straight into the uh, prelim finals for the AFL, and uh, we can't wait. So enjoy your weekend. Haydos, enjoy yours, mate. Thank you, and good luck to all that out there that have uh, their teams in action this week, and particularly the Hawthorne-Melbourne game. If they can just beat up on each other, limp over to the West, and then we take care of them, that'd be ideal too. That is what you'd love. So we'll sign off for now. See you later, guys.